Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Take it or direct your social media. Turn, just turn your head around again. Turn your head sideways. No. Turn your head sideways. What am I seeing? What? Turn your head. What? Turn your head so like I can this? see the back. Like of, I want to see the back of your head. No, I want to see the back, see the back of your head. You can't see I the back of my head. I might come in there if you don't turn your head. I'll stab you in the heart I, with a okay, pencil. Okay, just wait. Let me just precede it. But I really what in need God's a name? haircut. I really need a oh haircut. Oh, my God in heaven. He's got the man bun. I don't have a man bun. I have it pulled back with two. A ponytail. Uh, it's not a ponytail. Boys what is it ponytails. It's, it's hair pulled back with a rubber band. That's what it is. Oh, my heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> I can't wear a hat. I have. I thought you can't you would... wear a hat because your head's too damn big. Right, but it's it's really driving me crazy today. And I talked to my wife and said, "I need you to cut my hair right away." You know when they got places called barber shops. You know how much money I save by having her cut my hair? Well, apparently not much because it hasn't been cut. <laughs> I do need a haircut, and I'm really well, happy. That statement made no sense. Apparently not much. Yeah. What is? Why are all these lines lit up? I don't know. Busy all? No, they're not supposed to be. Oh. No, they're good. So I do not technically have a man bun because I would, I'm would. i not wearing a man bun. I'm if just, you had a man bun, you'd have to leave today. You'd have to leave right now. Right, I, and I and I know that. Yeah. So I don't, don't let my uh, hair being pulled back maybe by I a rubber just, band. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm just jealous. No, it looks pretty bad. Yeah. It looks bad. Yesterday, the name Millie Bobby Brown came up. Yes. And all you morons said that she was the daughter of Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston? Isn't uh, that, that what you came up with? Yes. Well, you're all wrong. Oh. According to Hans, she's an actress in the show Stranger Things, not related to Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown. Let's be fact-based. Is she number 11? What? Let me see. I'm, I'm going to check something right now. I'm going to see if she's number 11. What's her name? What do you mean by number 11, Matt? Uh, her, it's her character... Oh, she is. That's her character in Stranger Things. Okay, yeah. She does a fantastic job. And I, I did not know that was her name. Millie okay, Bobby Brown. In the first game of the NBA Finals last night, yeah. uh, it had to go into overtime because J.R. Smith, Ooh. Uh, who's an idiot, yep. literally, yes. thought they were in ha- ahead. Yep. So he, he, he gets the rebound of a missed free throw, it and instead off. of shooting... He goes back to the middle of the court. And and, and LeBron's going, shoot. Okay, here's my test, my quiz. Okay. Why did I have a tirade about J.R. Smith last year? I'm practically clairvoyant in... in, in uh, uh, J.R. is he the one that took his shirt off? Yes. Okay, during the uh, no, White... No, they, they win the title last year. Then they go to Vegas before they come back to Cleveland. God knows the bacchanalia that must right, have been. Right. Then they land in Cleveland. He gets off the plane with no shirt on. Right. And I thought that was untoward. Uh, yes. I thought it was untoward, and I was widely ridiculed for that. 
because it because our culture is so debased now that people saw nothing wrong with this NBA champion uh, getting off the plane uh, with his shirt off, and I thought it was untoward. Yeah, you should, when you get off when you deplane an aircraft, you should have your shirt on. I got a text today, uh, two years ago, whenever it was. Uh, FYI, well, accuracy. He's so anyway, but yes, that's who that's who your tirade was about. Yeah, you got what? I got a text today saying. Hey, your column, you, you've been validated and you're thinking about J.R. Smith. So somebody remembered the damn column. I didn't. I forgot I wrote, I wrote about him. But I wrote a column pointing I remember, out. I remember that. I remember I, the controversy. Pointing out that, come on, put on a shirt. You just Have want some a, decorum. You want an NBA title. Right. Show, show everybody. Show me something. You are a, um, uh, uh, um, you have manners. You are well raised. Yeah, well, that horse has left the barn. And not only with J.R. Smith, but with... Many people in. Uh... Did you ever make contact with this guy? This is unbelievable. The moron we groin, groin kicked the other day, the yes. Michael Rotondo, the 30 year old who will not leave his parents' house. Mm-hmm. Went to court. Uh, finally is leaving today. He's been granting radio interviews. Yes. Well, don't think you're special. He's been doing it everywhere. I know. We're not special, right. but we also are going to have him. Yes. And I'm going to tell him, hey, pal, you were groin kicked on this show. Right. Why are you. Why are you going around the country making yourself available for radio interviews? Again, no shame. But I thought it was, so, well, but see, I want to push back by telling him that I think his behavior is shameful. I'm going to push back. If he wants yeah. to come on the air, that's the risk he has to take, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think when you talk to him, he's just not, uh, He's he is different. But he's like a hey man. I, I, when I saw him interviewed, when I was did you, just. When did you arrange for us to get our five minutes with the guy? Uh, in the two o'clock hour. Okay. Okay. I'm not he, sure. He right had off the to bat. leave. He had to leave the house today. Yeah, he got a what a loan or a, some help from. Well, that's another thing I'm going to point out. He he went on the Alex Jones show, and Alex Jones, who was a complete <clears throat> crackpot, gave the gave this bum three grand. So he's in cahoots. With a guy who's uh, absolutely yeah. a conspiracy uh, conspiracy theorist and a complete insane uh, guy, word. guy, yeah, yeah, he's not a really even a guy. Uh, allegedly insane. Allegedly, I don't want to get tied up in his world. I don't listen to him. I don't use Infowars as a source because I don't trust it. Right. And, uh, but anyway, uh, I guess he got three grand from that guy, and so the bum gets to leave the house. And he <laughs> you know, just a minute. Just a minute. I'd love to see who contacts me when I'm on the air. Yeah, don't they know you're on the air? Uh, it's a beautiful day in Garage Logic. A scramble Friday, 77 degrees, says the bank. Common surface savings and loan. Pardon me, the temperature? 77. And headed to what? The low 80s, right? Uh, yes, low 80s, 82 maybe. Last day of school for many children. Uh, yes, field day. You know what? Today, uh, regardless they of whether sold you're, you that scam at your school too, whether you're in private or public school, field you're not day. getting your money's worth today. What's a field day? They run and do games and ah, you got to uh, let them run around. You know, they've already. I remember we always had to clean the desks. Well, you know, the day before, I think we got to run around, but it was it was basically cleanup day. Director of social media has been unavoidably detained, however temporarily. Uh, yes. yes. All right. Uh, the rest of the staff is present. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You can get your hair taken care of this weekend. 
I'm going to give it a shot. If she's ready with the Floby, we'll uh, we'll give it a good go. Why don't you just uh, take us to break? I can do that. I can't find it. Though. Not a problem. Yeah. Logic segment number two. 646-8255. If you want to talk to us here in the TCL Broadcast Studios, 877-615-1500. Yes, Rads. Say, Joe, your mention of a strange end-of-year field trips brought to my mind. Uh, I went to St. Casmer's over on the east side. Oh, yeah. And that last week of school, the 7th and 8th graders would all be lined up, and we would set off on the sidewalk over to Gillette Children's Hospital over by Lake Phelan. Yep. And they would parade us in single-file fashion, room to room to room of these wards where all of these handicapped kids were kept in cribs. Oh, good Lord. And these, these kids were in tough shape. Yeah, yeah. And we would be stunned into silence. Wow. And if you snickered, you got nailed really badly. I, would, got I would hope so, yeah. Oh, yeah, you would. Yeah. And I then went, on the way out, the nuns would tell you how fortunate you were to be of sound mind and body. A tough <laughs> lesson, but uh, it would never happen today, would it? Oh, no. They would never expose uh, young kids to that kind of a thing. You know, that was a very uh, unique hospital over there where uh, Dr. Uh, Gillette, they, he was doing a lot of unusual uh, right. Stuff on young kids trying to get them through some really bad stuff, but uh, Rads, I went to high school with a lot of guys who went to St. Cashmere's. Is that a fact? Oh yeah, yeah. They weren't very smart. Yeah, no, they they yeah. got through high school. All <laughs> right, yeah. thank you, Rads. That's a hell you of bet. a memory. Yeah. Say, Joe. Yeah. How was how was the powers? The what? Very the... very smooth. Very smooth. Atta boy. Atta boy. Atta thank boy. you. Thank you. Bye. It's become my custom to salute the national handwriting champion. Yes, this is right up your alley. I'm terribly proud of national handwriting champions. And this year, it's nine-year-old Edbert Aquino from New Jersey. When he picks up a yellow number two pencil and glides it between the blue and red lines of his paper, the result is the absolute poetry of perfect cursive writing. (laughs) The lines swoop up to the headline and punctuate the midline with the expertise expertise of a calligrapher. Mm. Oh, this is fantastic. He's from North Bergen, New Jersey. Uh, he began learning cursive in the second grade. When he took an interest in it, his parents encouraged him by finding lessons online for him to copy. I think I might do this, and I'm entirely serious. What? I've always wanted to have beautiful handwriting, and I don't. I have horrible handwriting. You don't. You're, you're like me. Horrible handwriting. Right. I'm with you. And I, I've... Do you think it's because you don't take your time? I don't take my time. I just want to get it out there. I, I'm the only one who can read, basically, what I write down. I think it stems yeah. from taking notes in haste, maybe, for... Uh, Newspaper purposes. I don't know where it stems from. Uh, Every year, this kid goes to uh, the Academy of Our Lady of Grace, and it uh, they uh, they put an emphasis at that elementary school on handwriting, 
Every year, their students fill out a handwriting sample for the Zaner Blosser Handwriting Competition. Each student must write the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, a sentence that contains every letter in the alphabet. Teachers pick the best handwriting sample from each grade and submit it for the state round of the competition. <laughs> Winners there move on to the national level. I love it. About do they two, wear gloves? This, do they wear, this is fantastic. Do they wear gloves over their hands to protect their... Uh, this is the center holding. This is a ray of hope. I would agree. About 250,000 entries were received this year from students in kindergarten through eighth grade. The samples are judged on shape, size, spacing, and slant. I was surprised when I saw the sample... Carnina Aquino, Ed Burt's mother, said it's better than my handwriting. Aquino was awarded a trophy almost the size of him and a frame certificate. Uh, and then it goes on to say, not all schools dedicate curriculum time to teaching cursive writing, but at Academy of Our Lady of Grace, uh, 20 minutes twice a week is devoted to it. Some schools overlook it, but we definitely see the importance of cursive writing, said Philomena Diamico, the school's principal. It's a lifelong skill. Aquino, Edbert, the nine-year-old, has advice for others trying to improve their cursive writing. Take your time and concentrate, he said. Otherwise, people might not be able to read it and might think it says something else. Well, congratulations, Edbert Aquino. If we had something that, the, that would be the opposite of a groin kick, you'd receive it. Right. My hat is off. I'm not uh, wearing a hat indoors. It would be a good deed day. Edbert, I'm my, I don't wear a hat indoors, but my I'm tipping an imaginary hat to you. Congratulations, young man. I have a friend. I think I've told you about him before. A couple of years older than I am. Yep. All of his communications are handwritten. Everything he does is handwritten. And his cursive is immaculate. It's just wonderful. You know who else had immaculate cursive? Harmon Killebrew. Uh, I love his uh, his autograph as my. You favorite. would never would be uh, confused as to his name when you read his when you saw his signature. It said Harmon Killebrew. And so much influence did Harmon have that I forget which Minnesota twin it was, um, but he used to just draw his name really quick, and then he learned from Harmon uh, to stop. So you could actually, so he basically changed yeah, I know, his autograph. I know what you're talking about, and I can't place the, the player's name. Um, I'm trying to think if it was a player that left and came back or is now out of, anyway. But in this day of social media and computers and, and you know, tapping away on your cell phone, I, I'm, just, I'm just charmed, uh, as can be, to learn of this uh, nine-year-old's fondness for handwriting. And uh, congratulations to him. I, I bet there were Minnesota kids who participated. It was Kadire. Reavers is chiming in. It's Kadire. Is it Kadire? Michael Kadire. That's yeah. who I thought it was. Yeah. Where was Reavers chiming in from? He just called and he's on his way in right now. Uh, let's see who's text. Let's see who's trying to reach me now that I'm That's on That's probably here. Reavers again. Maybe he sent it to both of us. Oh, it's the chief offsite correspondent who notes, for that matter, you are the only one who can read what you type. <laughs> you should tell the world about your first drafts. Okay, I will. <laughs> I've given them to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first draft is not readable by anybody except me. Your, your first draft for your column? Yeah, I'll write a column, and I'm I'm flying through it, and I can't be you, stopped by all these articles and these. You can't read it. You can't read it. It's it's just gibberish. It just spell. Well, who, it's just gibberish. Who fixes it up? Me. Always- and then when I go through it the second time, 
I I know what I've written, yeah. so I clean it all up. Okay. And uh, one time I gave one to the chief offsite correspondent. I gave him the the before, and then uh, watch in his amazement when he sees the after. What am I thinking of, uh, Jabberwocky? Look up Jabberwocky. What, Jabberwocky. Uh, just how it yeah. sounds. Mary Devine at the newspaper uh, said the first draft that I type reminded her of who wrote. What am I thinking? Jabberwocky poem. Yeah, and it's it's gibberish. Lewis Carroll. Yes, it's gibberish. Twas brilling, and the yeah, that's it. What is it here? So, it is kind of wacky. Twas so brilliant. my first draft is like that poem, which he did on purpose to to make no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But so then you go back and you you you. You're like the mad scientist. You just get your stuff down on paper, and then you're going to go back and... I'll fix it. Fix but, it. But, but that's a long way from uh, my appreciation of, of handwriting, which I, I just uh, I just love a nice handwritten letter. Tom Gallagher would he always had, he write the late great. Yeah. Uh, he, he didn't have a wonderful penmanship, yeah. but he was very legible, and he liked to write out his... You know, I made this much money in stock because I put my money away and... He yeah. wasn't bragging. He was not being bragging, but he was just trying to teach. No, he was trying to be me helpful. To, you know, put money away, dummy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, not, and you really never did pay any attention to him, did you? Uh, pretty much not, yeah. yeah. So that was, a, that was a mistake. Well, <laughs> you know, as a lead investor, I, I was rooting for Gallagher. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. A lead investor in, uh, in the industry. In the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, is John Height available today? Uh, he is. And... Uh, we can do that. Does he have all the news that's fit to broadcast? I think his offerings will be as soon as we uh, get back from this break. Commencing Garage Logic segment number three. I just remembered something else about my J.R. Smith tirade. Anybody remember what it was? Uh, no. Uh, Help me out. Who joined me? Who joined oh, me? Yeah. Got it. Who? Uh, President Obama. You're right. Obama nope. came out and said, "Hey, wear a shirt." Yeah, yeah let's at least put a let's shirt. Put a I shirt. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's John Height in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. It's sunny and 77 degrees. This update brought to you by It's Just Lunch. Uh, Rook's hair here. Yeah. He looks like a Revolutionary War captain. He's got the little <laughs> thing in back. That's just. Oh, uh, guys, it was driving me nuts, and the, the sunglasses couldn't. Keep them back. Uh-huh. So I just grabbed a a monster rubber band. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, Twins Indians. Straighten it out here a little bit. <laughs> Twins Indians tonight again from Target Field. Cleveland. Cleveland, okay. not Detroit. Not Detroit. Okay, Cleveland, thanks, John. Yes. Their manager is Terry Francona, not right. Ron Gardner. Right, right. Uh, the Indians won the opener last night, 9-8, even though the Twins came back to tie it after uh, being down 8 to nothing. Jose Barrios pitches for the Twins tonight. Carlos Carrasco will go for Cleveland. Lynx in action tonight. They're at home playing the Phoenix Mercury at the Target Center. Lynx are 2-3 and three on the young season. <clears throat> uh, last night, uh, despite all the excitement in that Cavaliers-Warriors game, metered market ratings for the contest on ABC dropped slightly from Game 1 of the 2017 Finals. In fact, the overnights were the lowest of any of the four Cavs-Warriors Game 1s. Uh, here's how those See, are... I, the, see yeah, my yeah. sense was... That that's wearing on the public. Because it's the they same have the two same teams. two teams right. for the fourth year in a row. Once again, yeah. once again. Right. Uh, in 2016, it was a 12-9. Uh, 2017, a 12-4. And 20, uh, no, I'm sorry, 2015, it was a 12-9. 2016, a 13-1. 
2017 at 12.4 and last night at 12.3. So the lowest uh, by uh, a little bit, not a lot. Did you watch any of the games, Joe? Uh, here and there. Yeah. Uh, I became enamored with the Twins' comeback. That's, uh, that's how it worked for me, too. I watched mm-hmm. the second quarter, turned on the Twins, completely forgot about the NBA game. And then I saw on Twitter it was tied with 36 seconds. Well, they'll play, as soon ag- they'll play again as soon as Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, um, I'm disappointed that hockey's not playing tonight. They're going to wait till tomorrow night. Yeah. I completely missed the entire game yeah. due to the fact that uh, I was waking at about maybe 10.05, 10.06 in the <laughs> hammock in the backyard. Really? And was, you know, just <laughs> skirted off to bed and yeah. said, why don't you just... Why don't you just go oh, to bed? Like, I think I already am. You're a hardworking man. Right? Yep. Yeah. She yeah. really loves me, guys. She really loves me. <laughs> yeah. News notes from today. Where's dad? Why don't you check the hammock? <laughs> Firefighters in Shakopee responded to an explosion near Valley Fair this morning. According to the Shakopee Fire Department, the explosion occurred at Anchor Glass right across Highway 101 from Valley Fair. The explosion caused a fire in the pump house building. Nobody was injured. Uh, the fire has been extinguished. The state fire marshal is investigating. The company's environmental manager, Travis Rickens, says the main thing is that no one was hurt. He says everything else can be put back together. Minnesota man injured when the semi-trailer he was driving was hit by a train at a crossing in southeastern North Dakota. Highway Patrol said the crash happened last night about 5 o'clock near Mapleton, North Dakota. The collision set the semi into the ditch. The 42-year-old driver from Minnesota taken to a Fargo hospital with injuries the patrol says are not life-threatening. He was not cited. No injuries to train crew members. A senior North Korean official met U.S. President Trump today at the White House to hand him a letter from North Korean leader Kim Jong-un as the two countries try to put a derailed summit back on track. Kim Jong-jol, a close aide to the North Korean leader, is the highest level figure from the state to hold talks at the White House since a senior envoy visited former President Bill Clinton in 2000. The United States previously blacklisted Kim Jong-jol, who once served as a bodyguard to the current leader's dad, Kim Jong-il, from coming to the U.S. because of his role in North Korea's military establishment. After exchanging threats and insults since Trump became president last year, the U.S. and North Korea have been trying to set up a summit originally planned for Singapore on June 12th between their leaders at which the president wants to try and put pressure on Pyongyang to give up their nuclear weapons. The uh, chief offsite correspondent uh, thinks that maybe Benedict Arnold had his hair in, in the <laughs> fashion that you're wearing. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. is that right? I'm not brushing up on my history, I guess. Mm-hmm. That was pretty my good. Quaff. For history. An Uber driver allegedly opened fire early this morning on a male passenger after what police are calling a conflict on the highway. The passenger, who was shot multiple times, was taken to a hospital and pronounced dead following the incident. It began around 2.45 in the morning, according to Denver police spokesman Sonny Jackson. The driver was also treated at the hospital for unspecified wounds and released into police custody. Uh, Jackson says investigators can't speculate at this point what went on in the car. Police shut down a portion of the southbound lanes of Interstate 25 through the morning rush hour, causing massive gridlock in Denver. They tried to interview other drivers who may have witnessed the shooting. Jackson said authorities were in contact with Uber, and it was unclear if the shooting occurred while the driver was on a job. Prosecutors had not announced any charges as of this morning. Do you guys want the final say on my lilac bush measurements? Sure. Remember last year I told you? I do. In 2017, I took a picture on May 25th, and they were just... At their height of glory. Yeah. Right. Uh, what was the date Sunday? 
Sunday, Sunday was the 27th. Uh, it was the 27th this year. So it, it they were two days behind last okay. year. Yeah. Well, all facts considered, with all the weather we've had, yep. they, they yep. did okay. Well, it's yep. not bad. Yep. Uh, two lions, two tigers, and a jaguar were thought to have escaped their enclosures today at a zoo in western Germany. It sparked a massive search by police and warnings to all the residents to stay indoors. Hours later, though, authorities said the animals had, in fact, Never left their cages. How could such a thing happen, John? Well, uh, Bear uh, was shot. They built that, that prison dummy thing <laughs> where you just have the mop head and the ball and the blankets. A bear, however, uh, was shot dead. That's a shame. Oh. Yes. After flooding triggered by heavy rain swept away the fencing for its enclosure, allowing it to escape. Andreas Krupert, the mayor of the town of Arsfeld, said the confusion arose because volunteers using a drone were unable to find the animals prompting fears they had all escaped the zoo in Lundbach, near Germany's borders with Luxembourg and Belgium. The bear did escape from a 75-acre zoo grounds into the rolling hills of the Eiffel region and was shot. Western Germany has seen several strong storms in recent days, causing flash flooding. A Friday's incident comes two years after two lions escaped from a zoo in eastern Germany. One of them was shot dead, the other recaptured. Hmm. Modern video game industry was brought to life by a former Marine in a makeshift workshop in his daughter's bedroom in the 1970s. That would be Samuel F. Dabney, co-founder of the home video game council Atari and co-creator of the prototypical arcade game Pong. I'll be darned. He died of esophageal cancer. Look what he has, look what he has wrought. Yeah, May, right. May 26th at the age of 81. Dabney, who went by the nickname Ted, was born in San Francisco in 1937, served in the Marines from 1955 to 1959. He attended the Navy's electronics school on Treasure Island in the San Francisco Bay and quickly began applying his talents as an electrical engineer. In 1971, Dabney teamed up with Nolan Bushnell, an engineer and colleague of Dabney's at the time, to create the Atari Company. With just a few early employees and a bare-bones workspace, Dabney soon made a breakthrough innovation that laid the groundwork for arcade machines still seen in bars and game rooms today. Did this enrich him, John? Uh, yeah, he did okay. Yeah. He did all right. Uh, using pieces of plywood and fake mahogany paneling, he created the first Atari console in his daughter's bedroom. At that time, most programmers were building games on computers, which, of course, cost a lot of money. Dabney, however, discovered a way to cut out computers altogether using cheap television components to create a revolutionary new video circuitry system. Alan Alcorn, an early Atari employee, said Ted came up with a breakthrough idea that got rid of the computer so you didn't have to have the computer to make the game work. He created the industry. The circuitry system made it possible for Atari to house the world's first commercial video game, Computer Space, in a small cabinet. Uh, computer Space didn't do well. That's a long story, isn't it, Jeff? It is. Well, well it's, Atari it, hung out for a while. And the it? reason I like it is because... Uh, after a, this one failed computer space, yeah. he uh, picked up the circuitry the next year, created a game that wound up finding major success, Pong. And Pong basically is the last video game I ever played. I'm not very good at video <laughs> games. So in his later years, he... I'm, I don't think I've ever played a video. Yes, I have played a video golf game. Okay. Where you, you hit the ball and it go... Usually do. Yep. On Atari and television? Was, or Yeah, it was very Nintendo? primitive. Very primitive. Okay. You, you've never played Pong. I don't believe I have. That's no. the one where it's tennis. Basically. That was the original no, one. I'm not, I've not played it. Then you do a little English. Yeah, you try to put English on yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Never played. Well, never mind. Never. In, in his later years. Very deprived. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's. Uh, you're, you're right in the age where you should have played some I of those early games. I didn't play any of that stuff. Yeah. 
In his later years, <laughs> Dabney focused on more recreational work, creating practical use computer programs for his wife and running a small grocery store in Delhi in the Sierra Nevada well, then mountains. He, then he didn't make any money. Well, I, What's he doing running a maybe deli? Maybe that was his hobby. Maybe he just liked meat. Maybe it was, the, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he had his version of the Krabby Coffee yeah, he shop liked to, he liked using that big circular saw they cut the roast beef on. And yeah. He lived in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Yeah. I mean, that's, he that's probably, pretty nice. Probably had a nice. All right. Yeah, that's a good dig. Let's bring in Dave Dahl. Cannot stop him. He just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Wait, we're gonna go to um, Johnny Hyde first. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Hi, Dave. You can I, you can be with us too. I I uh, went to uh, the New York Times. I should have done that like you always suggest for the obit, right? Of uh, Mr. Dabney. Yes, he, they did have that today. Uh, Mr. Dabney. Uh, he sold his portion of Atari to Mr. Bushnell, the other fellow I yep. talked about, for a quarter of a million dollars in 1973. That's oh, nothing. No. That's $250,000. But then he also, uh, Mr. Bushnell did uh, other endeavors also, including creating Chuck E. Cheese. Uh-huh. And he asked for Dabney's help creating things there, and Mr. Dabney helped him uh, create Chuck E. Cheese. The uh, pizza place? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's where correct. I am all my heart attacks right. and yep. <laughs> anxiety attacks. So uh, <laughs> he, he did okay, and then I did read a story. They lived in the Sierra Nevada mountains uh, quite pleasantly and just decided on a whim in 1995 to open the restaurant nice. slash deli, and that's uh, that's how that came about. So he did okay. Thank you very much. You bet. Chasing yeah. one of my kids in, the, uh, in those... Tubes at Chuck E. Cheese yeah. is where I had my anxiety attack that I was going to be stuck like Augustus Gloop. <laughs> Here's Dave Dahl. Oh, man. Right now it's 77 degrees out there. Uh, beautiful day, actually. We're expecting to see thunderstorms develop possibly late tonight out to our west, and then they're going to slide into the Twin Cities. Tomorrow is the wettest day of the weekend. Showers and thunderstorms scattered through a bit favored time from late morning through the mid to late afternoon. And then after that, it starts to improve. Sunday is the better day of the two this weekend. Sunshine and 77. Tomorrow's high only 72. 77 on Sunday, then lower 80s for highs early next week. Some more thunder chances by the time we get to Wednesday. Right now, it's 77. Thank you. Thank Police you. in San Ramon, California, have stopped a school shooting that was intended to be deadlier than Columbine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was first reported in the East Bay Times. San Ramon police learned of the plan after the teen tried to recruit a friend who later informed a school resource officer. I'm leading up to something here. Okay. <clears throat> Police confirmed the teen had an elaborate plan and that he uh, and that he planned to use the same guns that were used in the Columbine High School shooting, and he also intended to build bombs. According to police, the teen's friend told the school resource officer the teen allegedly thought he would be a target if he didn't cooperate with the plan. The friend claimed there were six people that the teen had said he wanted to kill and the shooting would be deadlier than Columbine. The Columbine shooting occurred on April 20, 1999. That was Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold. San Ramon police confirm after the California high school team was arrested that the student told police he hated three of the intended victims. School's principal, Sarah Cranford, sent an email to parents stating the district considers this offense to be extremely serious and will take appropriate disciplinary consequences as per California education code. Cranford... 
Cranford wrote in her statement, I want to commend our student for doing the right thing and reporting the information to an adult. The safety of our student, staff, and parent community is our highest priority. San Ramon police told KTVU-TV, KTVU, there will be extra security at a graduation ceremony on Friday out of an abundance of caution. All right. When you read this, uh, only one, one thing comes to my mind. Um, a couple of things come to my mind, but most principally what comes to my mind is this isn't a gun problem. This is evil present among us. This isn't a gun problem. Right. You can, you can get the super magnet and get rid of all the guns in the world. And this evil, you're still going to have a bad kid like this. This evil person is going to, you know, figure out a way to blow you up then with a bomb or a knife or whatever. There's evil among us. Evil is in the world. And it's, it's seemingly more prevalent than, than at any time we can all remember, although we don't know if that's true or not. But this isn't a gun problem. No, he said right out there he was going to uh, bombs and... You know, you want to go have a die-in at Publix to disrupt the grocery shopping because the Publix donated money to a gubernatorial candidate uh, who uh, uh, is an NRA uh, member. Uh, that isn't the problem. How would that? How would a Publix uh, die in, uh, in? You know, you lay down on the floor in front of the produce department. How does that? How does that stop this kid? Doesn't relate. This this got stopped. The the only way it can get stopped, because the kid who was made aware of the other of the evil kid's plan, ha- had the fortitude to do something about it. Right. <laughs> well, well, and if all the warnings uh, again. Uh, this guy wanted to be like a Columbine guy, so I'm sure he had a trench coat. If you see any kid with a trench coat on at school, approach him and say, what do you have a trench coat on for? Be vocal. But it's not a gun problem. It's not a gun problem. It's, it's, uh, it's the bottom having fallen out of morality. Unfortunately, it's 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 all around us. In whether it's Roseanne Barr and uh, what's that B woman's name, Samantha Samantha B, tweeting. Uh, it, it's everywhere. It's all around us. It's everywhere. It just. I told you when you can be free of the news for it takes about five days. If you can if you can arrange five days in your life where you don't look at a paper, you don't turn on the TV, and you don't listen to the radio, you think life is pretty damn good. I've I've implemented that uh, experiment in going to Florida and walking the mm-hmm. beaches of Marco Island, mm-hmm. not having watched CNN. I guess I will look CNN, at the- CNN is 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 dreadful. They're just dreadful. They don't even hide their agenda, which is the complete ruination of this administration. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to be critical of a president's policies. It's another thing to devote your resources to the constant hectoring and, and blathering idiocy that the, what are, what are some of these news gatherers going to do today with this jobs report? Lowest unemployment rate since 1969. Yeah, but the jobs that, you know, they'll, it'll be a twist like that. How are you going to spin this? 
What are they going to do if Mueller comes back and doesn't have anything bad to report about Trump? What are they going to do? Because CNN's please. claimed that every day when I eat lunch, and I eat lunch way too early. I know. Very, I, I flip on CNN, and I swear, I'm not exaggerating, the... Uh, it's the Russian the scrawl. The Russian probe is what you see, and then then there's four people talking over each other. For, I finally give up and I turn to the Weather Channel or the Golf Channel or something else, so I can eat lunch in peace. Did you just see it? What? <laughs> look at look at his hair, Reeves. What the hell is that? Benedict Arnold. It's not Benedict Arnold. Revolutionary War figure. You, I am tweeting. It was driving me crazy, so I had to. Oh my god. What'd you do? Have a flat tire? Or no, something? we had uh, field day for the boy. It's their field last day. Week Everybody of, uh, has field day. Field day, right? You gotta let them run around. You gotta the run around. I had to participate in the tug of war. By the way, oh yeah, they do the kinder. There's two kindergarten classes. So they you beat all it four up. of those little kids. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Well, can I let you in on a secret? Uh-oh. So the two kindergarten classes. I didn't mean to hijack the segment, Joe. I'm sorry. No, finish because I'm going to take a break. Um. So the two kindergarten classes go up against each other. Then they do the. Girls against the boys. Right. Ah, ha, ha. Then the parents get to join in. Oh, sweet. So you join your kid's class. It's like, all right, let's yeah, let's go. Right. And I could tell that it was going to be a long struggle. Yeah. I gave up. Yeah. Dealt with it. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you. Nobody likes a quitter, Reeves. <laughs> all right, just a moment. We're going to be joined by uh, Michael Rotondo, the 30-year-old who caused quite a stir in the world of news because he refused to leave home at the age of 30. even went to court to try to prevent it. Apparently, he's been making himself available for radio interviews. Is that right, Rook? It is. I'm just, uh, I'm letting his people, he's got people, I'm letting his people know right now that... uh, it's about to happen. So. Well, you can become a celebrity for anything, can't you? You really can. Yeah. And if you want to see a photo of Rookie's man bun or ponytail, whatever we're going with, I uh, I just tweeted out the photo. Did this you take should... a picture? Yeah, when you were Dude, looking. Dude, I don't want. I do not want people when you're looking at your computer. I do not have a man bun. What are you doing? I do not have a man bun. Cut well, your hair. You know what? You could have. That's what's pathetic. You, you, no. If you no. would have put the binder about two inches higher, you would have had this giant rooster butt. Like Belushi Samurai uh, Night Fever? <laughs> yeah. I'll try that. Yeah. Try that next hour. Well, stay tuned. We don't know what this will be like, but we'll we'll see what happens, I guess. This is a uh, guy's taking a risk coming on this show. We groin kicked him. Yeah, I don't think, I, I don't think he knows. ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's now 77. 